Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Desert Shift. I'm your host, Chase Beardsley, along with my fellow host, Tyler Cass. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, getting ready for the playoffs, which we'll talk about as we get a lot of more teams clutching. And uh, a really nice day out here in Phoenix, gotta add that. I was about to ask, was it a nice day in Phoenix? And I personally think so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, here we are. Um, we got a couple more teams clinching, a couple more teams eliminated. We got a lot to talk about, uh, especially when it comes to these teams being uh, eliminated and clinching. We got four teams this week that have officially clinched their spot into the 2023 NHL playoffs. We have four, obviously, not bunching their tickets, getting sent home early. Um as a flip-flop from last episode, we have three from the West uh, today, only one from the East. So, let's get into it. We're going to start off with your second favorite team, the LA Kings, clinching their spot in the playoffs. Your thoughts on the Kings? Um, this this team is, is scary, in my opinion, going into the playoffs. Um, last year, they took Edmonton to seven games without Dowdy and Arvidsson, who were both hurt during the series. Um, the Kings, they add Fiala, who they didn't have last year. Um, you add uh, Gabe Velarde, who's just broken out, become such a good player. So the the only thing that would hold the Kings back, obviously, is injuries. Right now, Velarde, Fiala, Mikey Anderson are all dealing with injuries. Alex Edler just got hurt uh, the game last night in Vancouver. Um, so it's not all going to be if people are healthy for the Kings. When they're healthy, they are a dominant team. They score a ton of goals, and now they're getting really solid goaltending from Corpusalo. Even Copley's been really solid. But uh, I, I'm going to assume we, you know, they're going to play Edmonton again. We don't know what the playoff matchups are going to look like 100% yet. But um, I, I think that this team could be a dark horse if they're healthy to go far. So the Kings right now are in the second spot in the Pacific. They have 100 points. Their record is 45-22-10. and 10. The goal differential is now positive with plus 24. On stats, you have Anze Kopitar leading the way with goals, 36 for him. Or sorry, Adrian Kempe with goals, 36 for him. Anze Kopitar is second uh, with 26. Victor Arvidsson with 24 for third spot. Assists, you got Kevin Fiala with 49. Anze Kopitar with 42. Drew Doughty with 40. And points overall, Kevin Fiala leads the way, 72 points. Anze Kopitar with 68. And Adrian Kempe, 59 points. And then you have your goaltenders, Goals against average, that's going to belong to Phoenix Copley of 2.67. And then next you have 2.84 for Jonas Corposalo. Cal Peterson, who is currently in Ontario, 3.75. Horrendous season for him, I do have to mention that. But that is the one spot the Kings have struggled all year. And what did I say when they made that huge trade to trade quick and get Corposalo? They addressed their biggest needs. They got uh, Gavrikov, who addressed their left-handed D uh, needs, and they got uh, Corpusalo, which has been one of the best trade deadline pickups, arguably. He has really led this team not just back to, you know, their old selves where, you know, they had strong goaltending last season, but now they're... Better, I would say they're one of the top teams in the West. I think they're one of the teams that could challenge for a cup, and I hate saying that as a Sharks fan, but 
I mean, the Kings are so good. They are the team, besides maybe Colorado, that scares me most out west. I think they could really take over that top spot in the Pacific if they pushed. Uh, Vegas, we'll talk about them in a second. They're only one point uh, behind Vegas. Um, they do. Vegas does have a game in hand, but it will be close. I mean, they've been super good uh, since the trade deadline. Kevin Fialo has been such a great acquisition. Um, he's been so great for the Kings. Uh, Anze Kopitar, I mean, it seems like he's not growing any older. Even Drew Doughty has been decent this season um, alongside Mikey Anderson. Obviously, you hope, if you're a Kings fan, that injuries don't catch up to you again, but I think this is a team that could uh, do some damage in the playoffs. Yeah, and to me, everything is just about getting healthy. Um, Fiala's missed seven of the last ten games. Gabe Velarde's missed the last few games. Uh, Mikey Anderson, we don't even know what's happening with him. He left the game against the Oilers like a minute into the game after hit uh, into the boards from McDavid. Um, Edler, as I said, left last game, who's an important veteran defenseman who has a decent amount of playoff experience. And, uh, I mean... We saw last year um, the the Kings struggled a little bit defensively against the Oilers. Uh, two of those games, uh, they kind of got blown out, um, and they weren't really competitive. Uh, so missing Dowdy in that series was so big. Um, and then uh, Arvidsson has really been uh, one of the best players for the Kings. I mean, he, he was pretty good with Nashville, and then he kind of had a, one down year. The Kings got him for um, not a huge haul. But he's kind of just like regrown into that player that he was when he was scoring 30 goals in Nashville. And him and Deneau have been such a good second line. And mm-hmm. uh, the, to me, the Kings have the deepest lineup in the league when they're healthy um, because they have scoring from all four lines. Even guys like Coral Grundstrom and like Arthur Kaliev down there on the fourth line just, just score goals. And uh, they got like Kevin Fiala playing on the third line there. It's just so such a deep lineup. But it's, it's all going to be if they get healthy in time. So we'll see. And the fact that you have more prospects coming up too, um, that you can potentially flip for assets or insert them into your lineup, that's just great for them. But I, I asked you this for the past couple uh, clinched playoff teams. What do you think their ceiling is? Um, I think that they could definitely be the team that comes out of the West and go to the Cup. Uh, I don't know if they're there yet to get over the hump and win it, but to me, this West is super wide open. There's not, like, one team that sticks out to me besides maybe, like, Colorado that is, like, I'm like, yeah, this team's going to go all the way. It's similar in the East, but I just think the West is a little bit weaker where it's just, like, uh, you know, one team gets hot and they they could easily just go away all the way. Uh, I think that uh, at best they get to the Cup. I don't know if they're they're there yet to win the whole thing. But uh, I definitely see this team being able to go in a run and get to the finals. Yeah, I think the uh, ceiling for this team is Stanley Cup finals. I don't think they have it have it to win the cup because they don't have that experience outside of Kopitar and Dowdy. Um, they don't really have that deep playoff experience yet. But I think after this run, I think they could be a threat to challenge uh, from here on forward for a cup. Um, I if they don't get past the first round, I don't think it's too much pressure on them, but, like, next year it's like, okay, you got to get past the first round because that's two straight years. Um, this could be the future dynasty in the West, maybe competing with Colorado for that top spot, top dog spot in the West. But another team clinched in the Pacific Division, 
the Edmonton Oilers. They currently have a 45-23-9 record. They, are, they have 99 points. Um, do you want to guess who leads them in the goals? Um, uh, I'm going to say probably like uh, Brett Kulak, maybe. Uh, Brett Kulak is a great one. I would have personally gone uh, with someone like the uh, the soup man himself. Uh <laughs> But no, it's Connor McDavid. Come on now. He's having a ridiculous season. 62 goals. Um, let's just go through Connor McDavid real quick. 62 goals, 84 assists, 146 points. Let me ask you before I get into the rest of the stats do you think by the time McDavid's career is over, do you think he's better than Wayne Gretzky? Um, th- this is a-, a whole topic for another time. I think it's, it's hard because. Uh, if you're talking about like the best player, yeah, probably just because McDavid has probably has the most skilled. He's probably gonna just continuously put up 60, 100, 60 goal, hundred fifty point seasons. But it's all gonna be does McDavid, you know, win the cups? You know, Gretzky has his cups. Mm-hmm. Um, but McDavid will have all the accolades. He's gonna have a ton of hearts, uh, a bunch of Rocket Richards. So. Um, I think at the end of the day, when he retires, he'll probably be the best in terms of like points, skills, accolades. But um, you know, there's still the conversation with like, is he going to win anything? Because you know, guys like Crosby, Gretzky, they've all won. So I think it all comes down to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think this is a it's it's a conversation for for another time that yeah, to go more definitely. in depth into it. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I, it's. It's just impressive this season he's having. Um, but I definitely think that he's probably the the most skilled player that um, I don't know if we're ever going to see, but definitely for a long time. As much mm-hmm. as good as Bedard is, I don't think he's going to get to the level McDavid's at right now. But we'll, we'll see. No, I was thinking about Mario Lemieux. Uh-oh. Um, cause I, the, it, I think Mario Lemieux, personally, is the best player that ever played. I think he's better than Gretzky if he didn't have cancer he would have broken all of Gretzky's records, in my opinion. But uh, getting off that subject, another player that's been having an impressive season, what about Leon Dreisaitl? 50 goals, 70 assists, 120 points. And then third in goals, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, he has 35 goals, 62 assists for 97 points. Goals against average, you have Stuart Skinner with 2.88, Jack Campbell with a 3.48. Your thoughts on the Edmonton Oilers? Um, I, I think that, you know, you can't really count out the Oilers with guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, Nugent Hopkins is going to have the quietest 100-point season ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all comes down to goaltending. I mean, in the past, their issue has been uh, a defense and goaltending and, and depth. And I feel like they've addressed a decent amount of that, getting Matthias Ekholm, who has been great for them. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like they have a solid defensive core now with like Kulak, Bouchard, uh, Ekholm. It's it's the offense is there, but also it's like s- s- uh, pretty stable defensively. And then they got depth. You know, Bukestad's been really good. Um, they have guys like Warren Fogle, who are just like and uh, like Clem Costin, who are just like solid depth guys. So I think that they they finally have like a, a solid roster. But then you look at the goaltending. Stuart Skinner's been been good, but you know he's a rookie. Never really started a playoff series. Um, and then you have Jack Campbell, who has been awful, and uh, he—I don't think he's ever uh, won a playoff series himself. Uh, no. I know he started last year for Toronto, who lost, but uh, I don't think he ever won a series with the Kings. 
Yeah, speaking of being awful, he has a .886 save percentage. That is absolutely terrible. I mean, Stuart Skinner has a .911 save percentage. That's just atrocious if you're Jack Campbell. Yeah, so I I think that they have, they definitely have the skill to just outscore the other teams. But the thing is, it's the playoffs, and uh, you don't necessarily have to outscore uh, the other teams to win. You know, you just have to grind them down. And, you know, even for the Oilers' case, um, you know, if, if they get stopped uh, at all, they, whatever team they play shuts down McDavid or Drysaddle defensively, and they can only put up one or two goals. And I don't think it'll be too hard for another team to score two or three goals on not a ton of shots on these goalies. So to me, they, their whole thing is goaltending. Um, so I, I think that if the goaltending is stable for them, they, this team could go all the way and, and win the Cup. I'm going to say that because um, their offense is just that good that, I mean... It's, if this is if they get stable goaltending, uh, I'll say above average goaltending. Um, if the goaltending isn't there, then this team's going to lose in the first or second round. Maybe they, they pull off a miracle run and like they did last yeah. year and, and go to the third round. But if if the goaltending is not there, they're going to get lit up by the Kings or the Avalanche. Um, Man, I mean, you speak about offense. I, I mean... Besides McDavid and Drysaddle, who's all who obviously are going to carry them, you have Nugent Hopkins, who's having a good year. Zach Hyman also having a good year. It's a big drop off from there. You have Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard down there. T.S. Ekholm, like your next three players with points are defensemen, and they don't have a lot of points. It's McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman carrying this ship. To be fair, Evander Kane's going to come back, um, but how healthy? How? healthy is he going to be is he going to be producing in the playoffs i mean it feels like every time playoffs roll around evander kane is barely noticeable happened with the sharks honestly i didn't think he was all that great last year with the oilers uh in the playoffs but who knows what happens i think their main concern is goaltending Stuart skinner doesn't have the experience of playing this many games in the season let alone anything in the playoffs Jack Campbell, I mean, besides getting eliminated in seven games in the first round, like what experience does he have? I think their goaltending is needs to be proven a little bit more. I also think like Jack Campbell is I, I don't know if they start Campbell. I think they would be stupid to start Campbell, but hey, worse things have happened. More crazier things have happened. Who knows who they start? But if they start Skinner, um, I think they make it past the first round, depending on who, they, who they're playing. If they play L.A. in that first round, I think L.A. beats them. I really do because, I mean, once you get past McDavid and Drysaddle, you, you pretty much unlocked a goal. Because I, I just don't think, even with Ekholm, that their defense is incredible. I think they're it's stable enough to get them into the playoffs. It's stable for them to potentially win a round, maybe against Vegas. I can see that happening. But against teams like L.A. and Colorado, I just cannot see this team beating them. So I, I'm i choosing their ceiling as high as the third round, honestly. I just don't think they have the best goaltending or better goaltending than L.A. or Colorado. I think even with McDavid and Dreisaitl, who, again, you can never count out in the regular season, I think... Um, I think Colorado and L.A. outscores them because, again, once you shut down that first line, you're pretty much golden. Um, and I mean, the same thing has been said about Toronto in the past. It's been said about other teams. So I, I like the coach. I like Jay Woodcroft. 
I like. I mean, what's not like to, what's not to like about McDavid and Drysdale's incredible seasons? Their goaltending just scares me, and I just don't think they're they're going to be all that. I think people are going to overrate them just like they did when they won their first ever round in like so many years back in twenty seventeen. Yeah, uh, I I just think that that they're kind of at the point where. Um, McDavid could like take over games. I don't think he could do it every game, but I think no. that you know, like two two games or even three games in a series, you could just get, get McDavid to take over. I just I just think he's kind of at the point where like he's he's gonna get like angry if he doesn't start winning some cups soon because just seeing oh, yeah. what he's doing and just just knowing like the skill that he has and just not being able to get over the top. I think that. You know, obviously it's gonna make anyone angry, but especially him. So I think that um, it that I don't know if it's this year or next year. He's gonna just go in one of these tears and just have one of the. He, he was in ridiculous last year, but I, I don't know what year it is. I think eventually he's just gonna go on a tear and just carry the Oilers to the cup. Um, I don't know if they happen. they win it, but I mean, it's obviously hockey's way more of a team sport. So yeah. You need other people, but I just think that he's that good where. He, he could just put a team on his back and, and take them all the way. I think um, he's great, but I don't think there's any player that can do that. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but I, I just think that we're getting to the point where he, he's going to need to win. And oh, yeah. If not, then I, I don't see his, him staying long-term in Edmonton. Interesting. But, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Um, they did go on a decent run last year, but... The next team that clinched the final team in the Pacific or the West, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yay. They're back in the playoffs. Oh, my excitement. Ha ha. Okay, well, let's just get on with this. Uh, Vegas's goal leaders, Jack Eichel with 27, Jonathan Marchensole with 26, and Riley Smith with 24 assists belong to Chandler Stevenson, 45 assists. Alex Petrangelo in second with 41, Jack Eichel with 35, and then points. Jack Eichel with 62, Chandler Stevenson with 59, Jonathan Marchenso with 54. Their goals against average. They've had a lot of goaltenders this season. Uh, Laurent Brassois, 2.44 goals against average. Aiden Hill, 2.50 goals against average. Yuri Patera, 2.50 goals against average. Logan Thompson, 2.65 goals against average. And Jonathan Quick, 3.50 goals against average. I see your smile on the face. Um, save percentage, Yuri Patera, 0.2, no, sorry, 0.929 save percentage. Laura Briswell with a 0.920 save percentage. Ann Hill with a 0.915 save percentage. Logan Thompson with a 0.915 save percentage. And Jonathan Quick with a 0.880 save percentage. Standings-wise, they're currently first in the Pacific. 47 wins, 22 losses, 7 OT losses, 101 points. Your thoughts on the Vegas Golden Knights? Um, Vegas is, is a good team, but uh, I don't know. I just I don't see them like being a team that I'm all that scared of if I go against them. But, I mean, that, that could change. They've had to deal with a lot of injuries i mean yeah i'm interested to see uh mark if, if mark stone comes back i don't really know what's going on with him when he comes back how he plays i know they've had a bunch of guys miss time like riley smith who's good 
Same with their goaltending. Like Logan Thompson, who I would assume would be their their game one starter, has missed a decent amount of time. But if Logan Thompson is not ready, uh, I I would love to go against Vegas. I would love to play a guy like Laurent Brassois or Jonathan Quick in the playoffs. Uh, as good as Quick has been in the past in the playoffs, I just don't see him being able to to win a series right now. He's just been really bad. Uh, Brassois isn't a terrible goalie, but I I don't trust him at all in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. They have a good team. Um, Eichel's first ever playoff series. Yeah, four hundred plus games, and finally his first ever playoff appearance. Yeah, and they obviously have a, have a good team there. A really good defense with uh, Theodore Petrangelo, Martinez, um, and they they have they got some like um, Barbashev has been really good for them. Yes. Um, even Teddy Bluger has been pretty good. I like their deadline pickups. I think that they just have a really solid roster, but I, I think that they're super injured. And um, when I like when I look at their team, it's just like I just prefer a team like Colorado, the Kings, even like the Stars over them. Yeah, I mean, first off, how many starting goaltenders do the Knights have in their system? Lauren Brissola, Aiden Hill, Yuri Patera, um, Logan Thompson. Jonathan Quick. Um, I mean, if you want to consider Hutchinson one, he's been starting with the Blue Jackets. Well, he was there. I mean, but he's no longer in the system. Yeah. And then you still have on IR Robin Leonard. That is six goaltenders. It's kind so, of a similar thing that happened their, uh, their first year when they just had like five different goalies yeah, playing for them. Those were all AHL goaltenders. Yeah, but they were. Now you have yeah. like five potential starters in the NHL, excluding Jonathan Quick, because I don't think he's a starter anymore. But if you take it back a year, you have five, six potential starters here. So I do wonder what they do in the offseason. They're going to have so many goaltenders on their books. I know a couple of them are expiring, but we're not talking about the offseason. Let's get back to the Golden Knights. I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, they're a good team. They are a decent team. I think they're on the same level that Edmonton is at, but... Again, with LA's acquisitions in the tra- trade deadline, I think LA is a better team than them. Um, if Vegas goes up against a wild card spot, like probably uh, probably that last wild card spot is what I'm looking at. So that uh, they probably take on currently if they stay in that spot, which I doubt they do because I think LA is just that good. They're going to play Winnipeg, Calgary, or Nashville. Um, I, I like them in that in those matchups, um, but once they move on and like start taking on teams like the Kings, the Avalanche, even a team like Dallas, I would be like, eh, I don't know about Vegas's uh, chances because they've been good, but they haven't been their dominant selves like they were before last season. Maybe that's Mark Stone being injured. He has been injured. Who knows if he's going to st- who's if he's going to make an appearance in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I I don't like their chances, honestly. So let me ask you this. What do you think is their ceiling? Um, I think their ceiling is the third round. Um, maybe they go to the Cup. Um, just because uh, I, I really like Bruce Cassidy. I think he's such a good oh, yeah. coach. I think that's their one advantage over a lot of these other teams. As much as I like like Todd McCullin, um, Jay Woodcroft, uh, even like uh, DeBoer, I, I just think that Cassidy is just uh, – an improvement over all of them. Yeah. So I, I never want to count him out, um, even though uh, I don't think he was their coach when Boston won 2011. No, he was not. But that was he, a 
Claude Julian. Yeah, but he took them to the cup in 2019. I mean, yes. he's had so much success with Boston in the past and even in the playoffs. Um, so I think that that uh, I'm not going to completely count out Bruce Cassidy. I think that um, they they could go to the cup, uh, but that's like like the very top. I think that their probably ceiling is just the third round, and I could I could I definitely see them winning the first round, but I just think they're a second round exit. Yeah, um, depends like who they play in the second round. If it's Edmonton, I think they they go into the third round. So I'm going to say their ceiling, if everything goes right for them, is the third round because I think whoever comes out of the Central is going to be better than them. But that is not discrediting um, Vegas at all. Bruce Cassidy, as you mentioned, really good coach. I I enjoy his coaching. That's someone that I thought the Sharks would be interested in hiring him and or uh, Boston's coach, uh, Jim Montgomery. I think both of those coaches have been incredible. Um, I just don't like Vegas' chances, man. I don't even know if they finish first on top of the Pacific, um, to be honest, but we will see what happens, honestly. Um, moving on to the final team that has clinched a spot, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep, they're back in the playoffs. Who would have thought? Oh, man. Uh, do they make a fourth straight cup final? Well, with the goals that they have, maybe. Braden Point with 48, Steven Stamkos with 33, Nikita Kucherov with 29. Assist-wise, you got Nikita Kucherov with 77, Mikhail Sergachev with 50, Steven Stamkos with 47. Points-wise, you got Kucherov with 106, Braden Point with 89, Steven Stamkos with 80. Goals against average, I mean... There's only one goaltender here. Andre Vasilevsky, 2.57 goals against average. Brian Elliott, if needed, 3.30 goals against average. And then save percentage-wise, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, 0.918. And then Brian Elliott with a 0.891. But you're not going to go to Elliott. You're going to Andre Vasilevsky. Your thoughts on the Tampa Bay Lightning once again making the playoffs? Uh I mean, just regular season-wise, um, I, I just think that everyone on their team is having underrated seasons. Like, Braden Point is going to score 50 goals. Kucherov, I think, is third in the league right now in points. And uh, even like guys like Mas- Miguel, Mikhail Sergachev are just having career years. Um, so I, I just think that people are kind of looking at, at Tampa right now, and they're like, oh, Toronto, this might be the year they finally win a round. And while I think that could happen, I'm, I'm not counting out Tampa. They are... So good in the playoffs. Um, same thing with uh, Vasilevsky. He's been so good recently. Um, just, I, I'm i so scared of Tampa if in the playoffs that it's just like, you, that's the one team that you don't want to go against. You don't want to play Andre Vasilevsky, Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, Hedman in a seven-game series. So I think that they could go all the way again. I think they could easily go back to the finals. Um this team is just so good. Uh, even uh, even though they lost a ton of their depth pieces, they're still such a good team that I'm really scared of going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you can never <laughs> underestimate Tampa. Another player that's been having an incredible season, Brendan Hagel, with 59 points. He's been really good. Uh, I mean, 27 goals, 32 assists. That's, that's great. That's career highs for Brendan Hagel by far. Um, Brandon Point having an incredible season continues to be one of the most underrated players in the league. Nick Paul even having a decent season here uh, 17 goals, 15 assists 32 points. He's been an important depth guy for them uh, Alex Kalorn is another one that has been having a great season 59 points for him. 
Uh, man, I mean, Tampa Bay is a scary, scary when, when uh, obviously they've been to the past three Stanley Cup finals. They've won two of them. And then, I mean, in the past decade, they've been to um, two Eastern Conferences and lost in those. And then when they won the Eastern Conferences, they've been to four Stanley Cup Finals, 2015, 2020, 2021, and 2022. They've won two of them. Um, it's hard to predict now because I feel like they have slowed down from the last season. I still don't like that Tanner Janot trade. He's been absolutely abysmal for Tampa. Usually those trades work out, but it looks like it's not working out here. Um, I The Mikey Icemont trade has not worked out either for him. He has zero points with them in 11 games. He's a minus three guy. Um, so it's hard to predict, especially because Toronto loaded up. Um, I'm going to let you go first on this one. What do you think are the lightning ceiling? Uh, obviously winning the cup. I Just because, um, I don't know if you've seen Vasilevsky recently, but he he's has been incredible. picked it up. He's been unreal. I think he's had two shutouts in his last four games. Um, he has just been absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it's just like one guy that could legitimately just shut you out in a, in a seven-game series. So in the past six games, he, he's had three shutouts, but they are also on a six-game winning streak right now. Yeah, so they they know Tampa went to get hot at the right time, and John Cooper is such a good coach that, you know, uh, he, he could easily outcoach a guy like Sheldon Keefe in, in a playoff series. Um, I just... They, they're just winners, you know? They're just a winning organization, and, like... Even though that they lost a lot of their guys who were so important, like uh, Gord, Coleman, Barkley, Goudreau, um, they still went to the to the finals without him, mm-hmm. them last year. And yep. like even the new guys that they brought in, like they they just all know how to how to win. And yep. uh, I just think that that's so important when you know you go into the playoffs. So um, this this might be the year that they finally uh, slow down. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to the finals. Yeah, so I misspoke. He had, he's had three wins in the past three games. Calendar is just weird in the NHL app. Two of them shutouts, as you mentioned. That was after being on a four-game losing streak. So it looks like they're turning the ship around. I think, like you said, their ceiling is the uh, Stanley Cup. I think they could still win it. I think that's how good they are. I think that's how good Vasilevsky is, how good Kucherov Point Stamkos are, how good of a coach John Cooper is. Um, but I also do think like they could get eliminated in the first round. I think last year, I, I, even when they were down, like I was like, no, Tampa's going to win this one because Tampa's Tampa. But now I look at Toronto, and they've gotten so much better than last season. They have way better goaltending they have way better forward depth and they have a reconstructed defense that is actually looking really good so i think that the ceiling is still a stanley cup i just think they could also lose in the first round one thing that i I think that is a little bit scary is that i think in a lot of these series tampa is going to be underdogs you know they're not going to have home eyes and that's like weird to say tampa as an underdog but I think if they play Toronto, they play Boston, they're going to be underdogs in yeah. this series. And and that these guys are going to, like, thrive on this underdog mentality. We saw it back uh, in in uh, 20, 
20 in, in the bubble, like right after they, they, the year after they got swept by Columbus, people were like, oh, the Tampa, you know, there's going to be another first round exit. You know, they yeah. lost to Columbus and they thrived in that mentality. They're like, oh, nobody's picking us to win. You know, we'll go all the way. Yeah. And I just think that if they're back in that situation where like people are picking Toronto and Boston to beat them, um, then they're just going to, they're going to thrive with that like underdog mentality and they're just going to grind out wins and win series. I actually picked them in the win that, that season. <laughs> Really? Yeah, once they made the playoffs, I actually chose them to win. I don't know, because <laughs> I, I, they were playing Columbus in the first round. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I have a scary feeling that they're going all the way. I think that was the year after Vegas also lost in the first round. Yeah. Um, So I was like, yeah, I know what Tampa is. I think last year was a fluke. So I wouldn't say that on record. But uh, I also forgot to mention their record currently is 45-26-6 with 96 points. They basically locked up a playoff matchup between them and Toronto in the first round. We'll talk about it more when all the playoff rounds are locked in. We'll have an episode dedicated to our playoff picks, who's going to win each round. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. But you know what's not fun? Not making the playoffs. And that's what these wonderful teams have done that we're about to mention. We have four teams that have officially been eliminated in the playoffs. Unfortunately, one is not the Outnumbers King. Um, I am just kidding. Um, we have two from the East, two from the West. Which do you want to start with, West or East? Um, I guess we could start with my, my favorite elimination uh, in the East. Would you be speaking about Philadelphia? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we'll start with Philadelphia. 29, 34, and 13 is the record. Seven, 71 points. They're eighth in the whole entire Eastern Conference right now in the league. Let me check. They are currently 26 in the league, uh, minus 46 goal differential. So talk to me about the Flyers. Um, I don't like the Flyers, so I'm happy not seeing them in the playoffs. Oh, that and, makes two of us. And I'm also happy not seeing them in the bottom five because I do not want them to get a good pick, even though they're going to, but not top five is good. That so, also makes two of us. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the Flyers are in like kind of like the weird spot where, you know, their, their old management didn't want to rebuild, but they got rid of all of them. And they've... They're they're not like terrible because Torres is a good coach, but you know they're not like good. Um, I think Konechny is having a really really underrated season. Oh, and Tippett as well. Yeah, Tippett's been really good for them. Um, but uh, I I think that um, they're kind of far farther away to to competing just because of some of these deals like Ristolainen's in his contract, <laughs> some of the things that their old front office did set him back a few more years. Yeah, it, it's it's really weird because you go back like two years ago, people were like really serious on Philadelphia. Like they were like this team could win the cup this year. They're going to be really good for the next few years. But I mean, they've also had some really really bad luck, especially with like Couturier. Um, he's had a. A few back surgeries the past few years. Uh, Ryan Ellis, that trade was absolutely awful. It did not work out. Well, everyone in that trade just it <laughs> yeah. ended up being awful for everyone. But, um, I mean, yeah, I don't like the Flyers, so I'm happy to see him eliminated. And uh, that's right all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't like them either. I don't like any Philly sports teams, but taking my bias out of this, um, I think the Flyers are a mess. I simply think. Firing Chuck Fletcher was the best thing the Flyers have ever done in the past couple of years. 
Chuck Fletcher was an absolute terrible GM. Not roasting the guy personally, but he just was not good at all at his job. Danny Breer stepping in, he has no GM experience, so we'll see how he does. Um, I mean, a couple of days after that, his son got got arrested and stuff. Man, it's just been the, the trashiest season ever for Philadelphia. I mean, uh, from trading Giroux from the trade deadline last season to now, it's just been the, pa- the past year. It's just been awful for Flyers fans. Like, the Tony D'Angelo trade was so bad. He, like, he is not the type of player that they need. Ristolainen is a terrible player. That extension made zero sense. He's not that good. I mean, you look at Carter Hart. He's getting washed out. You think uh, he's going to demand a trade out of Philadelphia? Maybe. It could happen. But this seems just so garbage. They need an absolute rebuild. They need. I know they hate that word. I know that... That city hates that word, but it's what needs to be done because right now you have a bunch of veterans who, honestly, it's not working anymore. Like, when Cam Agson is probably your best forward... No, uh, Konechny's been very good. Okay, besides Konechny. Maybe maybe Kevin Hayes is a little bit I don't know. I would rather have Agson, especially the contracts that both of them are on. Yeah. I, I would much rather have Agson. Um... When he's your second best player, there's something wrong, and that is no disrespect to Cam Atkinson because I actually really like him. I just this this team's a mess. This team needs to rebuild. They need a new core. They need to stop trying. They need to stop stop with the stubbornness of keeping this core of Konechny and and all these players around. I mean. How long has Konechny and, give me a second, Konechny and Van Riemsdyk and Sandheim and Provorov, like, this core has been together for a while now. It's not working. Yeah. It needs to stop. And Nick Hayes, too. Or, sorry, Kevin Hayes. My bad. Um, Kevin Hayes, too. The one, uh, like, good thing that I'll I'll say about the Flyers is that I, I think a lot of their their prospects or younger guys have gotten some really good development this year, kind of broken out. Mm-hmm. It's like Tippett, Morgan oh, Frost, yeah. Cam York. Um, I think that I wasn't really expecting them to to break out under Torts just because um, he's not really known to like re- be really good at developing guys. Uh, but I think a lot of even guys like Noah Cates, I, I think they've they've become solid players and they'll oh, be yeah. they'll be really good for the Flyers long term. So I definitely think that it was it was a good developmental year for their their younger players. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I I also don't think John. I think John Tortorella is a playoff coach, not a rebuilding coach. He's not oh, someone yeah, you definitely. keep around in the rebuild. So we'll see what happens to him. But I think the summary of the season is is this. JVR getting traded to the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, psych. Just like, what are you doing, Philly? And doing nothing at the play at the trade deadline? Like what uh, are they you got Brendan Lemieux. <laughs> they kind of trade Justin Braun, JVR. They do nothing. Oh, it's I kind of feel bad for Philly fans, but then at the same time I do not like that franchise. So moving on from a depressing franchise that has a dark future ahead of them, arguably, to a team that has one of the brightest futures possibly in the NHL, the Montreal Canadiens getting eliminated 
Uh, they went 30, 41, and 6 so far in the season with 66 points. They are 28th in the whole league. And, I mean, Montreal looks looks exciting in the future. What do you think? This team got absolutely destroyed by injuries oh my gosh. this year. Yes. It, was, it was insane how many players of theirs were getting injured. But um, this was just like a perfect year in terms of their like developing their young core together as like a team. Suzuki is great. He's mm-hmm. so, he's such a good player. Um, he, like before he got hurt, Caulfield was unreal. He was just scoring goals everywhere. Kirby Doc has been so good. Yeah, that's but, a great pickup. But um, it's just like uh, they were getting just destroyed by injuries, and it's it's so hard to just put together wins when you know you're having a different lineup every game. Guys coming in and out, you know, going up and down from the AHL to the NHL. Um, but I, I think that Marty St. Louis has done a pretty good job there. I really liked him uh, that higher. Um, I think that it's good to have them kind of like grow together as a, a team with a young new coach. Um, but like uh, I really love a, a lot of these guys that they like called up who have just kind of like stepped in, like guys like uh, Harvey Pinard, Alex Belzeal, mm-hmm. um, Elo. Elo ugh, I'm so bad saying his name. It's like Y L O N E N. Elonen, um, they they've all stepped up and really good. I loved Arbor Jack guy before he got hurt. Yeah. He's a fun player, but the, this is just a, a good uh, young team that I still think they're a few years away from being like legit contenders. Yeah. But, but once they get there, I think this team is going to be really good for a long time. I think just like the Coyotes in the West, this is the Coyotes of the East. They have such a great young core coming up. You have Cole Caulfield, Kirby Doc. You have Nick Suzuki, and then beyond your main line, because that was the main line that Mar- Martin St. Louis was rolling for a while. You, Like you said, you had Pinard, you had Gouli, Garyanov, who got traded um, to, over to Montreal. He has been pretty decent so far. Um, you have players like Arborak Eye, who came out of nowhere, and he's been he was incredible before he got injured. Justin Barron having a decent season. And then you even have some that are waiting beyond, like uh, the one that won with BU. Lane Hudson. Uh, he's so yeah, Lane good. Hudson. Even I don't know though, why I forgot um, his name. He's so good. He had an emergency call-up. He looked fantastic in that one game he played. Oh, that was Hudson? I thought that was... Uh, was that not Lane Hudson? No, I think it was somebody else. It was one of them. One, one of the... I've been Owen Beck. It might have been Owen Beck. I think you're right about that. But Lane Hudson, like... He was so good with BU, obviously scoring the OT winner yeah, in the championship. Owen yeah, Owen Beck, he's going to be a great one too. Um, but Hudson scoring the BU OT winner, oh man, he was just so good this and, season. Um, I think uh, Sean Farrell mm-hmm. um, has made his NHL de- debut, and I think he even scored. I think he's played a few games. Yeah. and He's one of their best prospects. I mean, going off that, like, you even like these old uh, players are – Doing pretty decent. Mike Hoffman had a tear to start the season off. Uh, Josh Anderson, I mean, they're going to flip him for something eventually. He was decent this season. Mike Matheson was decent. Christian Dvorak, I mean, eh. Jonathan Druan, sounds like he's on his way out too. Uh, the one that I am interested in seeing uh, what happens to him, uh, where did he go? Uh, Sean Monahan is another one that is going to be great. Um Joel Edmondson, who knows what happens with him. But you have a lot of young players here. You have a lot of young players that are coming up. I just don't know what they do about goaltending. Because Carey Price, I think it's safe to say 
even if he comes back, he's not going to be that good. You have Jake Allen, Sam Montable, and Caden Primu. Um, are any of those guys a potential like starter? I eh, I don't know. Um, maybe Primu. He's a bit younger, but Montembeau and Allen, I don't think so. What you do with them, I don't know. But I do have to mention one thing, and that is the coaching. The coaching has been incredible. I think Martin St. Louis is going to be a trophy. Uh, coach that li- that wins a lot of coach of the year trophies because I think he's that good. I think just like uh, with Arizona with their coach, I think Martin St. Louis is going to be a great one. I think they're going to stick through, through with him until whenever. I think this team could win a lot under him once they get good, but um, for right now, I mean, they're rebuilding, and I think this was a perfect year for them, like you said, and now they're betting on Florida not making the playoffs because they have their pick too. Yeah, and uh, as much as uh, like you want to get some assets back for a lot of the veteran guys, I think it's also important to keep some around to you know, help these younger guys out because mm-hmm. you know you don't want to have a team of all like young guys. You know, you want to have some veteran leadership in there, especially when things are like tough, you know. Sometimes a lot of these young guys look it down, you know, and they'll go through some rough stretches. So I just think it's important to have, uh, you know, those veterans in there. So now that we were on a little bit of a high there, let's go back to the lows. Vancouver Canucks. Oh, man. How many times do we need to talk about him, them? Ugh. Okay. Let's. It's just like. Vancouver, what are you doing? Um, 34, 35, 7 for 75 points. Uh, and I mean, there has been limited highlights of the season. One of those has been Andre Kuzmenko. 37 goals uh, and points. I mean, he has 69. Hot funny number. Um, he's been incredible uh, for his first season in the NHL. If he was a proper age, I think he would be considered for the Calder. Oh, he would win the Calder this year. Most likely, yeah. Um, Elias Patterson having a decent year as well. But then you start to look at everything else, and it all comes crashing down. Thatcher Demko has had a miserable season. He's been plagued by injuries as well. He might get traded. Uh, Bo Horvat, their longtime captain, one of the most popular players on the Canucks traded JT Miller causing a disturbance every single freaking game. Um, who knows what happens with him? Uh, Quinn Hughes looking like he's depressed every game wants to go pre- play with his brothers in New Jersey. He's been really good. Though. He's been really good. Yep. Um, Connor Garland, like he's always on the trade block yet. He's one of their best players. I mean, same with Brock Besser. Um, the he's, OEL contract yeah. dragging on, having zero goaltending besides Thatcher Demko. Oh my gosh, this team is a mess. And on top of it, the homie Jim Rutherford and the whole issues with Bruce Boudreau before firing him prematurely but not firing him officially until two weeks later they finally ended it and replaced him with Rick Tockett. Wow. And then... um. Jim Rutherford going out and blaming everyone but himself and saying that Elliot Friedman was the reason why this happened. And, oh, my God, Vancouver. You want to start? Um, I don't really know what there is to say. I feel like they're in, like, the flyer situation, but, like, worse. 
where it's just like they need to rebuild, but they're not going to. Yeah. At least the Flyers kind of admitted it and cleaned house. But the Canucks are just not going to do that. Yeah, um, they can't. So it's just it's kind of like you have to just try and and go for a, a slight retool and just hope that you could could potentially get into a wild card spots for the next few years. Um, as unrealistic as it sounds, that's probably your best case scenario right now. You can't really go full rebuild, and you can't really go all in. So that's, I think that's kind of where they're at right now. It's going to be a tough next few years for the Canucks. Um, so uh, I just think that this year was probably like the worst thing that could happen just mm-hmm. because, you know, you weren't really close to the playoffs, but you weren't like bad bad where you know it was like really clear to management that you know they need to blow it up i think that if the canucks were like legitimately like bottom three in the league then jim rutherford would be like okay maybe we need to blow this up but you know he sees a team that that's like 500 he's like you know we make a few more moves maybe we could go into the wild card which i think is what they're gonna do um but then they they just they made moves that they didn't have to make like philip god i was about to say that like like, you want first-round picks, and then they trade these first-round picks for Philip Hronik. Like, what are you doing? Who has barely played, by the way. Where yeah, is he? Um, he he was hurt. He came back and played, like, two games, and now he's out for the rest of the year. So um, Amazing trade. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just going to be a tough few years for Vancouver. And I, I think the worst part about it is you have some okay prospects. I really like the Hiroshi signing. Um uh, at a college, um, but then you just have a coach who is just not good for developing young players. Like he's not good at offense at all. He's yeah, I just horrible. I just, offense. I just, and uh, uh, Vancouver they needed a more defensive minded coach because they were struggling defensively and with goaltending. But uh, I just think that that right now um, you have a, a coach that you have a lot of good offensive players, and I just think that Rick Talk is gonna hold some of these guys back. Yep. Because that's what happened in Arizona. He's a great assistant coach or whatever, specialist coach. He is not a good head coach. I thought he was. And then you look at Clayton Keller, who struggled under him. Uh, and then now he's like, blossoming. Yeah, even guys like like Taylor Hall and like Kessel, when they came to Arizona, um, they just did not work well under Tockett. Barrett Hayden yeah. suffered under Tockett. I, it, it's just confusing and... Now this whole thing about them wanting to trade JT Miller, even though they signed him to this massive contracting extension earlier in the summer, it's just a whole mess that is just, what are you doing, Vancouver? Like, there's not enough to say. There should be a whole documentary on this, and now they're going to release the 2011 documentary. It's just, we talk about the Flyers having a miserable year. Has Vancouver's year been worse? Um, Yeah, I would say so. Just because... I think that you you have a little more clarity right now in Philadelphia with the whole new new management, and you know at least at least the the Flyers are kind of like admitting that they need to rebuild. Yeah. And um, at least at least the Flyers didn't go out and you know trade their first round picks for some for Philip Heronic. Oh my god. So I, I I just think that because the Flyers did like less, um, that they they probably had a slightly better year than Vancouver. Yeah, they have been terrible Kratzov might be a decent pickup has he done anything has he done anything that is a great question let's look it up he has (laughs) he has one assist in uh 13 games (laughs) 
Incredible. Uh, Ethan Bear has been pretty yeah. decent. Um, uh, Anthony Bovillier, he has been decent with 18 points, 27 games played for Vancouver. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what you do here because, like, I think you do trade Brock Besser. I think it's time to go. It's time for change of scenery. I like Brock Besser a lot. He needs a new change of scenery. At Connor Garland, I mean, if you didn't cause all these issues with him putting his name on the trade lock every other weekend, <laughs> then I think you would be fine. But since you did that, does he want to stay in Vancouver? He, he looks depressed in this profile picture. Um why the heck did you make that Philip Peronic trade? Um, OEL, obviously that 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 was such a big mistake to do. Tyler Myers, fortunately, uh, ending soon. His contract's about to end soon. Thank God. Um, what do you do with Thatcher Demko? Like, does he want to stay? I don't think he does. And JT Miller, like he's having a seventy-six point season. He's not even the best player on your team. Like, and he's going to get some of the biggest money on your team. Like, what do you do with him? You're all you're always causing issues with him. I mean, he, you haven't you, we haven't seen any issues yet with Rick Taki. I mean, he feel like he's more of a um, hard coach than Boudreaux was. But mm-hmm. what do you do with him? Like, it's just a mess in in this in this uh, city, and uh, they might have the longest cup drought soon because you have Buffalo, who looks on the ups. They are tied right now with them, besides Toronto, obviously. So we're going to take Toronto out of this because we're going to count first cups only. I think Buffalo wins a cup before Vancouver at this yeah, point. Yeah, definitely. Because Vancouver is just, oh, awful. And uh, just thanks for Dylan Gunther. That trade's looking better and better and better every single day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we've spent a lot of time in Vancouver in the past year or so. We're going to switch over to St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis eliminated from the playoffs first time since 2018. Because that it was the year Colorado made it, which was 2018. So first time since 2018 they have missed the playoffs. First time since they won, they won the Cup that they've missed the playoffs. 35-35-7, 77 points currently. That is good enough for 23rd in the league. Jordan Cairo is having a decent season. Robert Thomas, Pavel Buchnevich, all having great seasons. But I think the true culprit here is the goaltending. Yeah, tough year for St. Louis. Um, but uh, I don't think that they're going to blow it up and rebuild. And I don't even think they need to blow it up and rebuild. I think that they still have a solid team there. Um, I, I think that they're going to have get some really good prospects with uh get the they got first round pick for Tarasenko for O'Reilly and still have their own pick um and all of the guys that they got um at the deadline have been really really good and most of them they just got them for free like Verona um 12 points in 15 games yeah, for Verona uh Kapanen has been really good um even Sammy Blay has been really good um returning back to St. Louis. Yeah, so Captain has 12 points in 18 games. Yeah, so all of these guys who they basically got for free were just have just been really really good there and will probably be a part of the future. How Sammy Blay been? 18 points in 26 games, he's been better than Tarasenko, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so um all all of these guys have been good and I, I think that their core is still solid there, you know, adding, you know, those three guys to Buchnevich, Kairou, and Robert Thomas. Um, it's still a solid team, and 
you know, with the first round picks, they'll get some solid prospects. Yeah. So uh, I think this was it wasn't a good year for St. Louis, obviously, but I don't think it was a terrible year. Branchens has been pretty good. Yeah, well. I think they have to figure out the goaltending, though. I oh, mean, you still have Bennington, you have Bennington locked up long term still, and he is just. He has the attitude problems, first of all, and second of all, he's not even being good. Like, at least if you're going to, like, you know, go around fighting people and just, like, being annoying on the ice, at least have your, like, play, like, be good so you could actually, like, talk some act to people. But when you're, like, giving up five goals a game and have just not been good, you just can't do that. Um, Joel Hofer's been really good, though. So I think he's probably the goaltender of the future. But you still have, um, you know, guys like... Bennington, who... Grice has been better in Bennington, yeah. for Jesus Christ. <laughs> so. Bennington is the most frustrating human on the whole planet, on the hockey planet. He is always trying to start something, and then he just sucks. And the team in front of him is decent. He just absolutely sucks. And that's why I was worried about when St. Louis signed him to that long-term contract, because I... After that season where they won the Cup... He looked like a one-hit wonder. Like he, he looked decent, but he didn't look like the the uh, caliber player he was. And it turned out to be correct because I didn't think he was that solid last season except in the playoffs until he got injured. And I just think he's a terrible um, goaltender. I don't think he's been that great either. The other thing I wonder about is Craig Berube because – We've heard him come out and say a lot of things and then players coming out and saying other things and, like, saying that's disrespectful and stuff. I like how he handled Jordan Bington, but it didn't seem to work. The stuff he said about Robert Thomas and uh, Jordan Cairo didn't make any sense, and they came out. So I wonder if you see a coaching change in St. Louis. Uh, I, I think Berube sticks around at least another year. I don't see them, them getting rid of him after this year. Um, but I think another tough year like this, it might be time for a coaching change. Um, also, there's been a, a few contracts of theirs that haven't worked out. Tory Kirk has really not oh, been struggled. great there. Um, uh, I still think Colton Pareko is a good defenseman, but they signed him to a eight-year extension, and he is just the points really haven't been there this year. So um, you know, we'll see what happens there. I don't. It obviously wasn't a good year, but I I think that it wasn't that most like terrible thing to be where they are right now because I think they still have a pretty bright future. Something that has been working out though, I didn't see this coming. Justin Falk, he's been yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he's been really good offensively there. He was good in Carolina, but even last year, I think he had like 18 goals or something last year. 16. 16, but uh, he, he's been really good in St. Louis ever since he got there. He didn't win the cup there, right? He came the no. year after. That was the year after because yeah. he went to the third round of Carolina that yeah. year. Yeah, um, I think this is a quick turnaround. I don't think they challenge for a cup anytime soon, um, but I think they'll make the playoffs again yeah, in a couple of seasons, because if not two. They also locked up a lot of their guys before this year long-term. Like They gave Kairou, Thomas, and I think Buchnevich all contract extensions and Pareko. So I, I th- kind of think that they have to, you know, they have to go contend because you have all your core locked up. But, you know, at least they're not in the Vancouver situation yeah. where, like, you know, realistically, a few more moves, they could easily make the playoffs again in a year or two. Yeah, and that's pretty much it for looking around that these teams that have gotten clinched or gotten eliminated or have clinched the playoff spot. Um, I know there's a couple teams in the Central Division that could clinch a, uh, excuse me, 
could clinch a playoff spot tonight. Uh, today is April 3rd. We're recording this before any of the games today. So I believe it's Minnesota and Dallas. I think Colorado. No, not Colorado. No, it's Minnesota and Dallas. Yep, those two tonight. can clinch it. So Colorado's not far behind. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But there has been one more thing that has been clinched. Uh, we all knew this was coming, so we'll spend a little time about it. Uh, Boston clinching the President's Trophy. Any any thoughts that we haven't already said? Uh, no. We knew this was happening even like like two months into the season. It was pretty obvious this was going to happen. You know, great season for them. But winning the President's Trophy is sometimes a curse. I don't think a team has won the President's Trophy in 10 years. I think Since Chi- the Blackhawks Chicago in 2015. Was the last, it was 20, I thought it was 2013. Was it 2013? I think so. It was one or later. I think it's been in 10 years since the President's Trophy team won the Cup. Uh, I don't think a President's Trophy winner has been to the Cup recently either. Um, They usually, they've been knocked out in the second, first, second, third rounds. Um, So, I mean, obviously winning the President's Trophy is a big accomplishment, but uh, as we've seen, it doesn't lead to playoff success. Yeah, I think this year, because you have so much playoff experience on that team, could be a different story, but who knows? We'll have to wait for a playoff preview to see what happens. Uh, but we have some news. We have a couple of players getting extensions. Would you like to start in the East or the West for this? Uh, I can start with Cheadle. Uh, Philip Cheadle. Let me pull up what extension he got. He signed a extension with the New York Rangers. Let me just find the term and value real quick. Um, so I found the Knights of, we're going to start with the Heedle extension at four years, 4.4375, uh, AAV. Any thoughts on the Heedle extension? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good contract. He's kind of broken out this year, scoring 20 plus goals. 42 points in 66 games. Yeah. And, and he's been good. He's probably like their, their, I think he's their third line center now, probably their second line center of the future. So um, I think this is a solid extension for the Rangers. It's probably a, a good idea to get that out of the way now before you're going to have a kind of crazy offseason. Yep. And especially with like Lafreniere and Kako are going to need new contracts soon. So we'll see how much they get. But uh, um, I don't think it's a bad deal at all. I think it'll age pretty well with the cap going up. Um, I think it's a solid deal for the Rangers. I like it. Yeah, uh, I like it too. He's one of the only like youthful players on in the Rangers system that – have developed in the past uh, couple of seasons or so. I think he's going to be great uh, for the Rangers as one in one of the two middle lines. Um, yeah, I think he's been great. But the other player receiving extension is Nikolai Knaitsev. Two-year extension worth 1.25 AAV. Um, he's got one goal, one point through nine games of San Jose this season. One or sorry, one assist, one point through thirteen games played uh, with the Barracuda. Your thoughts on the Knights of extension? Um, I I actually really like this deal just because it's nothing huge, but I I think he's a solid player. Um, you know, he's just a, a solid defenseman, and the cap term not being huge is is pretty good for the Sharks. Yeah, he's been a great youthful defenseman. Obviously, he's battled through numerous injuries in the past couple of seasons so the fact he's still producing as the defenseman now is incredible um he's going to be a good part of the blue line and i feel like after these two years he could command a lot more money if he sticks his course um so i like him i like what they've done with him so far so yeah 
I'm excited to see more Knights for the next two seasons. But we spoke a lot about expansion right after a trade deadline. We get another interesting little tidbit here. Utah in the NHL? What? So Ryan Smith, who is the owner of the Utah Jazz of the NBA, met with Gary Bettman last week. Um, basically what we're hearing is that uh, Smith is interested in bringing in a new, or sorry, the first ever NHL team in Utah. It is not the first hockey team because there is currently an ECHL team there, the Utah Grizzlies. Um, you also have this quote saying uh, he's interested in the NHL, and the NHL is very interested in him. Salt Lake City did host the 2002 Winter Olympics. That's one of the um, favorite Olympics of many. Uh, it sounds like they're the favorites to do so again in 2030. That could mean a lot of new construction, including a NHL arena, because I don't think the Jazz arena is suited for hockey. NHL to Utah. Oh, uh, well, uh, I think that if he's willing to, you know, pay and is legitimately serious about this, then I think Batman's going to listen. Because, like, we've heard the rumors with Atlanta and Houston – but they don't have anybody, like, right now who are, like, interested in bringing the team there. This is all rumors and speculation. Well, I think Houston does. They're the they Rockets have, owner. Oh. But, like, right now we have a, a person who's, like, legitimately, like, who owns a franchise, a franchise that's had success in the past. And, uh, like, Bettman knows that he will pay uh, whatever it is. I think Vegas and Seattle both were over $500 million. Yeah, I believe, uh, I forgot which teams did so, but I believe there was a preseason game in Utah this past yeah. season. I think Vegas was one of them. I think it was Vegas and L.A., right? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So that was in Vivint Arena. That's where the Jazz play. That's where the Jazz play. Uh, 14000 for ice hockey. I don't know. I don't think it's suited for ice hockey. Um, but that arena has been around since 1991. I believe it's getting renamed again to Delta Arena, from what I've heard. Um, yeah, I mean, 1991, that's an old arena. So I think if you want a hockey team, you build an arena yeah, suited I, for both hockey and, and the NBA. Um, I don't think that the, the Jazz move. I, I just think that if you're going to bring a, a hockey team to Utah, then you're probably going to want to put them in a brand new facility, especially because you do that, then you could put the draft there, you put the all-star game there. Um, uh, I, I think um, we, it might be a few years till we get expansion, but, I mean, if, if the owners, Jazz owner is willing to pay, then Batman's obviously going to listen. Yeah, I agree. So I ask you this. Um, where do you – so we got three uh, rumors right now. Atlanta – Houston, Utah. In what order do you think uh, gets an NHL team, either first or whatever? Um, I, I think that, that Houston, um, I don't know about first, but I think Houston's the most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, right now I'm, I'm probably going to put Utah just because we have like a name and a face of somebody yeah. willing to bring it there. Same with Houston with the, the Rockets ownership group. Like, Atlanta, um, there's not been, like, a person who has been, like, willing and, like, showing effort into to purchasing a team and putting it there. Um, so uh, I, I think that's probably Houston and, and Utah are probably the most likely right now. But um, 
uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it's interesting what you do because uh, um, I, I, I don't know because Utah is so weird. It's a weird location. Like, uh, I know there's a, quite a bit of people that live there, but obviously Atlanta is one of the biggest cities in the U.S., so is Houston, so it's weird. So right now I see Houston as the favorite, then Utah, then Atlanta. Um, man, it's just hard to say because um, you got names to the face now, and apparently this is the owner that the NHL likes. This is a dude that they really want to do business with. It's kind of like they really want to do business with Ryan Reynolds in Ottawa. It, it could happen. I mean, they have an ECHL team there that gets good attendance. They have a good women's hockey program, actually, that is growing. So hockey is a huge growing sport in Utah. It's just that I don't know if Utah is the correct market to go to first because I don't know. I don't know. I think if they do, I think when they decide to expand again, I think what you see is an Eastern team and a Western team getting teams at the same time because you've been playing so many teams in the West, it's going to outbalance the East soon enough. And, I mean, in the East, you have Atlanta and Quebec. In the West, you got Utah and Houston. I wonder what you do there, unless you move a team from the West to the East, which, besides Nashville, I don't really see that happening. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could put Houston in the... Uh the east but you would probably no want, you would want you them would want with dallas, dallas. Yeah. yeah so i mean uh i would think nashville if a team if they put two teams out west nashville probably moves over yeah um so we'll see what else happens i also think with with utah is um we've, we've seen the jazz be successful you know they were really really good in like the 80s 90s. and 90s and even recently they've been good with uh when they had like donovan mitchell and gobert yeah um, so they, they've, and they have a passionate fan base, you know, they've been good in the past. Um, they've proven that they have uh, good ownership, good, good fan base. Yeah. And I, I think that you kind of have like a few rivals over there already. Um, they're, you know, uh, maybe with like Vegas or Colorado out there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think that it's not a terrible place for them to put a hockey team. I think that it would work well. Yeah. But, uh, I, I still don't think that we don't see an expansion team for another like five years at least yeah i mean they've had the utah grizzlies since 2005 um they actually have never won a championship besides a division title in like two seasons ago or sorry last season uh i i can see it i can see it again for owner you just need a building and it sounds like maybe in 2030 they get a building who knows um so I believe that is it besides this last thing. Oh, wait, L.A. and Arizona and Australia. Uh, we talked a little bit about Australia before, the land of the kangaroos getting an NHL team, or sorry, NHL game, uh, probably preseason. Jeff Merrick reports that's probably L.A. and Arizona. That could be interesting. We're going to sail out to go see them. Um, but last thing, let's look around the NHL real quick. Pull up your standings, Tyler. Um we're going to look around the, the standings real quick. I mean, the big battles are in the second wildcard spots for both divisions. The Islanders and the Kraken, respectively, for the East and the West, have pretty much locked down. Well, actually, the Islanders could be in a bit of trouble, uh, but the Kraken, at least, have pretty much locked down a playoff spot. 
Yeah. They're golden. I expect them to clinch within the next week or so. Let's, do you want to talk about the East first? Because I know your team is in the East. Uh, yeah, I think the Islanders get in. I do um, too, but that's But I think that this, the seeding is, is up for grabs. Um, uh, I think that it's, it's going to end up being the Islanders and the Penguins. But I, I'm just interested. I don't know what the seeding is going to be. I think they could flip one and two. Yeah, I mean, you got the Islanders currently holding that first wild card spot, 87 points. Pittsburgh, 86 points with 77 games played. They have a game in hand on the Islanders, but the Panthers also have a game in hand on the Islanders, 85 points. Something that's interesting is that Florida has a better goal differential than Pittsburgh, but then you also have Buffalo, 75 games played, 81 points. If they win those games in hand, this is going to be a battle of the death in the East. Who do you think gets in? I think, I think you, I know what you're thinking. But uh, I think it's the Islanders and the Penguins that get in. Um, I I don't see the Penguins missing the playoffs just because, um, as bad as they've been, they still have Crosby and Malkin. Um, I I think that the the Panthers are um, they're they're okay. I think they could get in, but I I just I don't see them getting there. And uh, Buffalo, I. I think Buffalo is kind of they're obviously they have the games in hand, but I think they're they're a little far back. The thing with games in hand is you always have to win those games. Yeah. I mean, so I'd rather be ahead right now, and the Islanders and the Penguins are both ahead. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens the next few games. The teams have both all three of them have similar schedules. They have a few tough games and a few pretty easy games. So it's all going to be come down to I mean who wins those games in hand. Um, yeah. If, so I mean. It'll come down to the wire, but I do think the Islanders and the Penguins end up in. I I really can't tell you what the seeding is. I think it could flip. It could stay what it is right now, but I think those two teams get in. I think the Islanders get that that wild card spot. It's tough because Matthew Tuchuk has had such a great season. Probably one of the most underrated 100 point seasons that a player has had. Um, Florida also has a tough schedule coming up. Let me just pull it up. I believe. Pittsburgh has a relatively easy schedule. Um, let me pull up Florida's first. They play in the upcoming future. Buffalo, Ottawa, Washington. Okay, those games are easy, and then you play Toronto. Uh, that Buff- that Buffalo game is huge. That that's Buffalo not game be, is going to be That's not going to be an easy game. Depending on what goaltending shows up for Buffalo. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, they play a lot of playoff teams. Uh, in the next two days, um, they play New Jersey and Minnesota and coming up. They have a cakewalk. And then they have a cakewalk. Detroit, Chicago, Columbus. They win those three games. I I think if Pittsburgh gets at least four of those games, they're certified in. If the Panthers miraculously uh, get those the win against Toronto or Carolina, they could be in. But I really like... Florida's games after Buffalo, um, depending on what happens in that Buffalo game, Florida might might be there because they did actually take over the wild card spot for a day before Pittsburgh yeah. won the most recent game. Let's look at the Islanders' schedule too, real quick. It's a one tough game against Tampa, and then three pretty easy ones. Yeah, so I think they're pretty much done. I think they've pretty much clinched yeah, the spot. I think that that after that tough game against Tampa, um, you have a game against Washington, which I mean. You know, Washington always plays the Islanders hard. I think that's a guarantee. But then you have Philly and Montreal. 
um, which I, I think are two pretty easy games. Yeah. So I think I think for the Islanders going going two and two might lock them in, like maybe to the second spot. I think four and zero probably gets them the first one, and then three and one probably gets you the first one. Um, but you know we'll see. Yeah. Um, that's the battle in the East. The battle in the West right now. For that last wild card spot, you have Winnipeg with 89 points, but they have 40, sorry, 77 games played. Then you have Calgary, who also have 77 games played. We'll throw them in for the heck of it. They have 87 points. And then the true wild card, the Nashville Predators, 84 points, but 75 games played. What do you? Who do you think is getting that last wild card I think spot? Winnipeg gets in, um, but... Uh, I, I think Calgary does not get in. I think if Winnipeg doesn't, I think Nashville gets the the final spot. I really don't like Calgary. So, but there's a lot of big games coming up. They all like play each other. Yes. So Winnipeg plays Calgary and then Nashville. Those are going to be two massive games for the Jets and these other teams. Uh, after that, they have an easy game against the Sharks, but they have not been good against the Sharks. They have lost both games so far uh, against the Sharks this season. Then they have to play Minnesota and Colorado, and that's going to be a tough one for them. Meanwhile, Nashville, you look at their schedule. They play Vegas oh, excuse me, Vegas and Carolina in the next two days, and then you have those important games against Winnipeg and Calgary. And then you also play Minnesota and Colorado, so I don't like that schedule. And then you look at Calgary. I just don't like their roster, but they have some pretty easy games. They play... Chicago, they play Vancouver, they play the Sharks, like they play all these easy teams, but then you have those big games against Winnipeg and Nashville. So out of all of them, I like Calgary's schedule the most, but I think when it comes to math, I like Winnipeg's chances. I think Nashville almost makes it, but I think Winnipeg squeaks it out. I, I don't know. I I don't think they'll do anything in the playoffs, spoiler alert, but I don't know, man. That's my prediction. Yeah, I I just think that that um Winnipeg gets in just because I think overall they're probably the best teams out of all of those. Nashville struggled with some injuries. Um and the Calgary roster like, is good, but I don't know. I, I think Winnipeg's is a little bit better, mm-hmm. especially when you look at the goaltending with Markstrom who's been really bad this year. Yeah. Um so I, I think Winnipeg gets the last spot. Um, I, I think that, that Winnipeg puts up a tough fight in the playoffs, no matter who they play, just because that's a tough building to go in and play in in the playoffs. It's small. You know, those fans are passionate. They're loud. And, I mean, uh, Hellebuck is, is a really good goalie, yep. you know. Um, and, obviously, they, they have a solid offensive weapons there. Uh, I don't think that they uh, – we'll talk about the playoff matchups if they even get in. But um, they're they're a team that I think if you're you know if you're a higher seed right now, like um, I think uh, Vegas would probably be the one to end up playing the second wild card. Right now, yes. I think that you're kind of hoping that like Calgary gets in because you'd much rather face them than like Winnipeg in the first round. Yeah, I agree. Um, before we end this podcast, the Bedard standings right now: Chicago fifty four points. They're in position to get the. Highest chances at the first overall pick, but not so fast. Anaheim, uh, 56 points in 77 games played. Columbus has 56 uh, points in 76 games played. And then the Sharks, you know, casually winning their past couple of games, now are at 59 points. Um, and those are your basically four competitors 
for the last overall spot in the league, but the highest chances of um, first overall. This is upcoming draft for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. By the way, Anaheim is at a goal differential of negative 122 now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's crazy how bad their defense has been. The Sharks went on a little bit of a run recently. They were they were in last, and they, they've had a little bit of a streak here. So the Sharks, uh, because they tank everything, are tanking away somehow losing. Because of course they are. But who knows right now in the spot they are in, I believe they have a 9.5% chance of drafting first overall. Something around that. Um, I, uh, man, I, I just don't see Chicago. Like as much as... You know, you would love Bedard on your team. I think no matter who you get in the top three, they're all first oh, overall talents. 100%. And any other draft, Fantilli would go first overall. I think the same Fantilli's with... so good. Same with Mishkov. Well, that's um, what I've been saying. Like, if the Sharks get a top three spot, I'm happy. But right now, they are taking away the chance to do that. So, um, looking at the schedules, uh, the Blackhawks have to play Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia. So... I think only two of those games are winnable for this crappy team. For the Columbus Blue Jackets, they play Toronto, New Jersey, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. I think maybe two of those are winnable. Um, Looking at the Sharks, they play Colorado twice uh, for some reason. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton. I think only one of those are winnable for the Sharks. And then what was the other team? Anaheim. Let's look at Anaheim's schedule, and they play Edmonton, Arizona, Colorado, Vancouver, and L.A. I see two of those games as winnable yeah. um, because that Ducks and Coyotes game is going to be fun, though. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, they absolutely despise each other. But that is the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. We'll know a little bit more in the final week of the regular season, which is next week, unfortunately. Man, it flew by so quickly. Yeah, it did. It was a it was a fast season. Man, I remember seeing your mullet for the first ever game there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little did I know what was gonna happen. The the adventures we've been on, the excitement at mullet that we've seen, including yep. we've seen OT winners, Clayton Keller hat trick. We've seen uh, some shark stubs there. <laughs> um, yeah, we've but, seen a uh, whole lot of mullet. Now we got uh, the MLB season is upon us, so we got the playoffs and then baseball. So I mean, it's just a never-ending cycle of of the sports; they just keep on happening. Yes, so. but this is a hockey podcast, so yeah. Well, maybe we'll talk about baseball. Who knows? Um, AHL wise, um, I'm gonna check them out real quick before ending this podcast. I don't think anyone new has clinched. I think the Barracuda have pretty much blown away their ch- their chances at a. Uh, Making the playoffs, though, if I remember correctly. So, Hershey and Providence clinched spots. Toronto has clinched a spot. Texas and Milwaukee have clinched spots. And then Calgary, uh, Coachella Valley, Colorado, and Abbotsford have all clinched spots. With Tucson, they have 67 points. And they are currently occupying that last spot in the Pacific Division, the Barracuda with 61 do you want to know how your Bridgeport Islanders are doing? Um, I think that that they're in like the last playoff spot. 
or no, they're trash. Uh, I, I thought they were in the last last playoff spot. No, sorry, buddy, they're in the uh, seventy. They have seventy points. They are in the seventh spot in uh, the Atlantic. Wilkes-Barre is right behind them, which makes a lot of sense. But that's how the AHL is doing. Maybe we'll do a little AHL bracket. And there's, um, and we also have the ECHL. I mean, will the Orlando Solar Bears clinch a spot? I'm rooting for um, Chris Grando with the Jacksonville Iceman. Oh, that's right. That's a former ASU student and yep. player. Um I mean, let me just check their playoff standings. Um, give me a second, and I'll have it up. Here it is. And what we have so far, the Newfoundland uh, Growlers have clinched the spot. The Readington Royals have clinched the spot. And the Maine Mariners have all clinched spots in the North Division and the South Division uh, South Carolina clinched the spot, and they're the only team to do so so far. The Solar Bears are unfortunately all the way in last place, or sorry, second to last pl- place behind the Savannah Ghost Pirates. In the Central, though, it's pretty much all done. Uh, Cincinnati, Toledo, Indiana, or sorry, Indy, and Fort Wayne have all clinched spots. In the Mountain Division, Idaho's just pretty much ran away with the whole league, 109 points, and no one else in that division has clinched a spot. So that's how the ECHL is doing. So we, we look at that. We covered every single hockey league um, in a matter of seconds. So anything to add? No. Um, that's kind of it. We got, we'll got. we see what teams uh, clinch by the next podcast. I'm going to assume Dallas and Minnesota because they could clinch tonight. So, but um, And probably Colorado. But um, by the time we do the... The next podcast. We should pretty much have an idea who's making the playoffs. Yeah. Besides that Eastern wildcard spot, I feel like. Um, So what I'm thinking for playoffs is that we make our own brackets. We don't show each other. And then we go through them. We can do AHL and ECHL too. Because why not? I don't know anything about the ECHL. That's fine. That's fine. We're all about fun here. Yeah. Especially with you. You should be all about fun. Especially with that bananas hat on. (laughs) Sir. All right. Anything else to add? Uh, nope. That's it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, follow Tyler on Twitter at TylerCast underscore. Follow me on Twitter, Chase Beardsley underscore. Thank you guys so much for listening every week. Um, and I mean, next week is gonna be a fun podcast, fun episode. We're gonna have more teams to talk about clinching. Yep. Probably most of the Central Division teams. Um. Yeah, and that's pretty much it for this podcast. Thanks for sticking around, and hope y'all. I'm not paralyzed, but I seem to be struck by you. I want to make you move, because you're standing still. If your body matches what your eyes can do, you'll probably move right through me on my way to you. I'm not paralyzed, but I seem to be struck by you. I want to make you move. Because you're standing still If your body matches what your eyes can do You'll probably move right through me on my way to you You'll probably move right through me on my way to you 
you'll probably move right through me on my way to you.